Welcome to the Kingdom Mandate. Join us each Saturday as we share empowering and equipping messages that reflect on the Kingdom of God according to His sovereign will for mankind to remain in His covenant order. Get your clarion call and follow us on Blog Talk Radio, Kingdom Empowerment, Inc. the Kingdom Mandate on Kingdom Empowerment Inc. Radio. Our topic today is Women of the Holy Bible. We are continuing with that same lesson, and I am your host, uh, Jacqueline Rogers, stepping in for our founder, Dr. Donna Gaines, and I have along with me Minister Belinda McKenzie. And Minister Belinda, if you would be so kind to open us up in prayer, I'd greatly appreciate it. Yes. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we come, Father, humbly, humbly before thy throne, girl, excuse me, to your throne of God. By Father, what we call coming boldness, God, as your heirs to your throne, your heirs to your kingdom, I mean, Father, in Jesus' name we pray, Lord God, that you be in the midst of us, God, and God, we ask that you will bless us. And let your word go forth, God, with understanding, your understanding, your wisdom, and your knowledge, God, and your truth. Father, we ask you in the name of Jesus, God, to be with us, Lord. In the name of Jesus, God. We ask, God, that our eyes of understanding be enlightened, God, and that our ears will hear, God, what thus says the Lord, according to his word and his purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you for that, Minister Belinda. Um, as I shared, we have been going through the women of the Bible. We're still in Genesis. Um, we've been recapping and, and again, uh, just being moved by the Spirit of God as he leads us to discuss the different women of the Bible. And today I just wanted us to start in on, we can, um, I'm going to read from Genesis in Chapter 11. I'm going to start reading at verse and there is where it's Sarah and um, Milka and Iska. They are um, introduced in the Bible. 
And I'm starting there because um, we were talking before we had, we, we had discussed, um, we have in-depth discussed these and the other women prior, but these are the women that are being focused after uh, Noah and his sons and, and his wife and then their wives after they repopulated the world after the flood. So it says here in verse 27, and also to um, Abram, part of the lineage of Noah's son, Shem. And um, it says here in verse 27, it says, Now these are the generations of Terah. Terah begat Abram, Nahor, and Haran, and Haran begat Lot. And, I, again, I'm mentioning this here because we um, also discussed on last week and we'll probably get into um, come up again, Lot's daughters and his wife. And Lot was the nephew of Abraham, and that's how um, the wives and um, the women, Lot's wife and his daughters, were a part of this discussion. And then it says here, verse 28, And Haran died before his father Terah, in the land of his nativity, in Ur of the Chaldees. And Abram and Nor, those are two, uh, two other sons, they, they took, took them wives. Now, the name of Abram's wife was Sarai, and the name of Nahor's wife was Milcah. And again, I'm bringing this up, uh, Minister Belinda, because I found it interesting. Um, several times over, I even um, drew, like, little stick lines, from these three sons that Terah had, Abram, Nahor, and Haran. And when um, Nahor had died, uh, let me see, is it, no, Haran died, okay. So then there was Abram and then was Nahor. So those are the two sons that were left. And it says here that Abram took a wife, Sarai, and then and the name of Nahor's wife was Milcah. Now, um, this is where I just wanted to touch base at because Milcah, was the daughter of Haran. So then his daughter was given to his brother to marry. And then it says, I'm the father of Milcah, who was Haran, and the father of Iscah. So Haran, who died, he had Milcah. First he had Lot, then he had Milcah, and then he had Iscah. So he had two daughters. And um, then it goes on to discuss, you know, because Milcah, is a, a pertinent um, woman in the Bible that is spoken of on a few different occasions because she was also the um, she became the wife of of Nahor and she was also the mother of Laban and Bethuel, who were in fact um, as you know that comes up into the lineage with um, Rebecca. Laban, Leah, Rachel, that whole um, lineage. And, again, those were also Abraham's relatives. So I just wanted to make that point about Milcah, who she actually was. She became the wife of Nahor, but she had been the daughter of Haran. And so um, continuing on, I'm going to go move forward here because when we speak of Sarah and um because um, Milka comes up after the fact, so I'm trying to follow on like in a in in the the way in which um, chronologically this here has yeah. happened. They both had the, the wives, Nahor 
and um, Abram, Sarah, which was Sarah and Milcah. And then, of course, we know that Sarah was barren, and we also discussed how she began to try to help um, Abram out um, by sending him to her handmaiden. But prior to that, there was Lot's daughters, who we had discussed on last week, and his wife, who um, could not turn away from the things of the world and was turned into a pillar of salt when they were saved out of the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. So, um, like I said, just trying to move forward, is there anything of that, uh, Minister um, Belinda, that you wanted to um, rehash again or or to uh, further discuss that I may not have covered so far from last week? No. So we're going to move forward here. And, of course, we know um, that Sarah and and Hagar both had bore uh, children to Abram. Those were the two women also that we had discussed on last week. I'm just trying to move us forward um, through Genesis so that um, we can continue on in further discussion. So as we move along to Genesis and we go to chapter 24, and I'd just like to discuss here how um, maybe maybe they go a little previous, prior to 24, because that's when they find um, Sarah dies, and this is when Abraham sends his servant out to find um, Isaac, the wife. And as we move forward here, right now, Rebecca turns up to be the answer to the prayer that Abraham had prayed and sent his servant, Eleazar, off to go find Isaac a wife. And that is when they come into the house of Laban. So I'm going to start here. It's in um, chapter 24, and I'm going to move on to verse 29 when um, they are actually, they've been greeted by, actually, no, I'm going to start here, verse 15. And it came to, before he had done speaking, right, okay. So this is um, Genesis chapter 24. I'm going to read at verse 15. This is after um, Abraham's servant had prayed, and then he moves forward and does what um, his servant Abram had told him to do. Now, verse 15 in Genesis 24:15 it says, And it came to pass, before he had done speaking, that, behold, Rebekah, came out who was born to Bethuel, son of Milcah, the wife of Nahor, brother. Right, so that's where I was saying, I, I wanted to point that out um, previously, that Milcah was the wife of Nahor, but before she was Nahor's wife, she was also the daughter of Nahor's brother. So they have. This has all been kind of so um, somewhat staying in the lineage of Abram. So it says here in the damsel. Um, I'm reading, picking up at verse 16. And the damsel was very fair to look upon, a virgin. Neither had any man known her, and she went down to the well and filled her pitcher and came up. And the servant ran to meet her and said, "Let me, I pray thee." Drink a little water of thy pitcher. And she said, Drink, my Lord. And she hasted and let down her pitcher upon her head, gave drink. 
And when she had done giving him drink, she said, I will draw water for thy camels also until they have done drinking. And she hasted and emptied her pitcher into the trowels and ran again unto the well to draw water and drew for all his camels. And the man wondering at her at her held his peace. This is verse 21, um, Eleazar, because he, even though he prayed to God and he asked God to do such a thing, and God was gracious enough to let it play out um, pretty much exactly as he prayed, he was still yet um, somewhat, you know, kind of pondering in his thoughts. So in verse 21, it says there, And the man wondering at her held his peace, to wit whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous or not. And it came to pass, as the camels had done drinking, that the man took a golden care, a golden earring of half a shekel's weight and two bracelets for her hand of ten shekels weight of gold and said, Whose daughter art thou? Tell me, I pray thee, is there room in thy father's house for us to lodge in? And she said unto him, I am the daughter of of Bethuel, the son of Milcah, which she bare unto Nahor. And she said, Moreover unto him, we have both straw and provender enough and room to lie in. And the man bowed down his head and worshipped the Lord. And he said, Bless be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who has not left destitute my master of his mercy and his truth. I, being in the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren, and the damsel ran ran in, ran and told them of her mother's house these things. So we know that um, Rebecca was the daughter also of Milcah. And Milcah was the wife of Nahor, who was also um, Abraham's brother. So they're again they're all staying in they're in like the same lineage and it's it's just interesting to see how um even though Abram was the only one that God had called because he told Abram to depart from his family and go to where God had instructed him to do so. But obviously and I'm I may be going a little forward on myself, but um they still, they must have seen Abram worshiping God, so they were very familiar with the, um, what do you call, the customs and things of that nature. So when she went back to tell them of what what had happened, it was kind of like not so much of a surprise to them because it was just their custom of how they greeted um, one another in, um, in their respective ways. So I'm going to continue here on verse uh, and it says, and Rebekah had a brother, and his name was Laban, and Laban ran out unto the man, unto the well, and it came to pass when he saw the earring and the bracelet upon his sister's hands, and when he heard the words of Rebekah, his sister saying, thus spake the man unto me, that he came unto the man, and behold, he stood by the camels at the well, and he said, come in, thou blessed of the Lord, wherefore standest thou without for I have prepared the house and the room for the camels. So they've already gone ahead, very customary how they um, treat one another. 
um, when guests come and, and family comes in. So these are the type of family members, the women, they all kind of look out for one another, um, offer, um, you know, living space to each other, and just because they know kind of where the other has come from. So he realized that this was Abram's servant. I apologize. My apologies um, about that. I didn't realize it was the phone turned on. But nevertheless, um, as we were, we were, I was just discussing here, that this is part. This is customary of them how they treat one another. And also um, recall back when the um, God sent the angels to Sarah and Abraham, how they came and they treated they treated them. That's just customary of how you know they look out for one another. And uh, it's not just the, the women, but the men also. They show one another like a brotherly kindness and um, and love when they when they greet one another and they come into their homes. And um, I just I, I'm just bringing that up because of how Abraham knew when he was sending um, his servant Eleazar to go to find his son a wife that he wanted that same type of rapport and relationship, and, and he got that and then some because, as we know, they weren't, they, they served God or they knew of God, but they weren't serving as to the extent that Abraham was in relationship with God because that further on, further goes on to show you how the trickery and all of the other uh, things kind of came into play when it came to the other, um, the other relatives of Abraham. And I'm doing all the talking, but you can stop me anytime, um, Minister Belinda. But I was just trying to go along and do make the connection of the the women. But if you'd like to step in for a moment and share some of what I had just covered, feel free to. Uh, <clears throat> all of us, when you were talking, I was thinking on, um, you know, Rachel was the one that met at the well, so that was the choice of the Lord. But as we'll read on, we'll find out some other things. And it was funny, yeah. you know, I look at the customs then. You can see mm-hmm. a lot of the things that people do now uh, in different you know, um, areas of the country. People want to say uh, different races. I don't like getting into that, but people, just the customs. It's really customs. of, uh, right. And you see right. that this custom has prevailed in many cultures, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the, the passion of these goals, you know, like some of the, in India, they give them a goal as a sign of wealth, and the women will have the braces and the rings on their bodies, and they use this as dowry, you know, yes. and uh, yes. the washing of the feet, you know, before coming, you know, when they come into a house, you have orientals where you take your shoes off. Uh, there's a lot of customs that have prevailed from this time to now. You know, the hospitality when you bring someone in your house. Now, this doesn't take place with everybody because uh, uh, people have gone away and some cultures, you know, they don't do this. It's a coldness in it. There's still a lot of that. It's amazing. Some of this goes way back. I'm glad that you brought that up too because – 
as you, um, I believe that the, the spirit of God would have us to discuss that because oftentimes, you know, that has, like you said, it's, it's fallen away from in a lot of communities today where sometimes you have people, like they don't even know the people who live right next door to them. You know, uh-huh. like they see them and they, they won't say hi or for whatever reason. And like you said, it's like a coldness, you know, mm-hmm. unlike it's past. And I also appreciate what you had said um, about, um, you know, I don't, I don't like to use the word race oftentimes either because, like you said, it's a matter of culture. And when we get yeah. away from using those and we understand what it is exactly, it's culture. And this environment, and those are the things that keep a race thing. It's a culture thing. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. And those are the things that make people different. You know, not so much as you know skin color and all this stuff that you know the the lie of the enemy that he has. You know, people at war um, against one another today, like a, it being a black and white thing, because that's the furthest thing from the truth. It, it happens to be culture because. And back in these days, all, all the people in the biblical days were people of color. You know, there it wasn't it wasn't anybody There's as a, you know who yeah. black or white. You had lighter skin and darker skin, but it came mm-hmm. from climate. You know, yeah. when you worked when you when you were covered with over um, a home or something like that, the the sun wasn't getting to you as much if you had a roof over you. So, but when mm-hmm. you were out in the field. It was almost impossible to to be mm-hmm. of a light skin because you were mm-hmm. always having to the sun. Mm-hmm. But um, it, it deals with pigment too, because pigment is what determines your color, and we all right. have degrees of that. And if you have the pigment, if you get in climate, hot climate, you get darker. If you have a color mm-hmm. pigment, then your skin is fairer. And you don't darken as much as another human being. You know, and you exactly. can see that different. You know, people want to. They yes, climate had a part to do it, but the original, the origin, scientific origin part is that we have a certain amount of pigment, and that was given to us by birth. True. Yes. Yes. But you know, it goes back to biblical time, the heart of man what God established and how he asked people to live and walk. And people walked in that spirit. So there was that compassion for your neighbor. It was a community thing, you know, uh, mm-hmm. and you can see that in cultures, you know, it used to be where neighbors uh, knew each other. Uh, if somebody, they knew a family was going through something, you know, people labored in the fields, what, whatever. And, and the family set up, was the priority. You know, the respect was taught. Uh, if a family was in need, the community would come to their aid. But we have lost right. that, that compassion and that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the word of God in us. Because if you see yeah. God's people that are going back to the Lord, there's a renewing of their spirit, a renewing of community and and, and and help it. You know, that's right. why when he right. the stony heart and the fleshly heart, we picked up a stony heart. He's lies and deceiving yes. things through the culture. And in the, in the, in the not caring about one another, um, you know, looking out for one another and, 
and, per, and just just loving, like the, in the original commandments, it says, you know, love your neighbor like yourself. You know, yeah. you wouldn't want to be without someone offering, assisting you some help. So, yeah, God had always, you know, intended for us to care about each other mm-hmm. in, in every possible. And in, and in this instance, you see, they didn't just take care of as um, um, Abraham's servant, he prayed. He didn't just, the woman didn't come out and just take care of him, but she even also offered to feed his camels because that was their mode mm-hmm. of transportation. Continue to get around if the weren't, you know, ordered as well. So it was an overall concern of of mm-hmm. one another's welfare. Yeah. Yes. And even the even in that they still had there was a custom of respect was taught. Okay, so respect means accountability, uh a way of uh it uh a set order of like rules. And that goes into God's commandments. You know, from the beginning of time, he loved us, but he gave us. And uh, and you have this where Christians don't realize that helping somebody does not mean without order. Right. Because if, if it's not set in some form of order, that help is not beneficial. Mm-hmm. And that has to be in there too. There's mercy, you yeah. know, in in helping someone when they're in a destitute thought. And they, but it's in dimensions, and it's all in the scriptures. It's all in the scriptures. It's all in the scriptures, and um, just like um, you know, on Solomon, we know he was very wise in his um, um, the Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes, and he says there's nothing new under the sun because God pretty much had covered it all, not just the way, you know, how we are to um, how we are to treat one another, you know, with um, godly looking out for each other. He pretty much covered it all, and there's always there's an example of everything that you can find in the in the Word of God that will instruct you on how to go and how we should behave. And, and again, our topic is women of the Holy Bible, and so um, in continuing with that, and we see here that Rebecca was, um, like I said, that was they, they were all continuing on. These are part of Abraham's family that he goes on to, and there's always a connection here because when you think about it, um, Ray, uh, Rebecca, she was Milka's daughter, Nahor's, um, Rebecca was actually Abraham's niece, so Rebecca and Isaac pretty much were first cousins who um, actually married. And then when you go down the line, Rebecca was also the brother, I mean, the sister to Laban. And then her son, Jacob, takes on the two wives. Those are her nieces, Leah and Rachel. They came Uh from her brother, Laban. So they're, Uh they're all still... To one another, and I guess that's where you can see in this in this passage is talking about the women of the Holy Bible that they all are kind of similar in their tradition in their culture, how God was bringing this to happen because he the women that he that he is discussing here are all pretty much from Abraham's descendant, 
and also uh, women who feared God because that's why he didn't want them to marry the Canaanite women. And it's not because he was against, um, again, here's this word again, what people have said in times past, interracial relationships. It wasn't about the, the race. It was about the culture. That's why yes. he forbid the Canaanites and the Israelites to marry because they had two different cultures and they didn't believe in the Most High God. So that's just like where mm-hmm. Scripture tells us don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers, mm-hmm. and that's pretty much <clears throat> what it was. He didn't want believers marrying non-believers. Yeah. So it's, I, I think that's, that's really important to point out here, like irregardless of the different uh, things that had happened. Yes. Yes. And, you know, they have sayings. Uh, I was at home and I was thinking on some things that you hear as I was reading the Bible. You know, this this uh-huh. saying that old people used to say, birds of a feather flock together. But yes. if you take, it was a natural, but they were taking that from, it's a, it's, it's, was really out of biblical because old mm-hmm. people were trying to tell you the same thing that God was saying. saying. If you right. associate in people that have other gods or people that come out of a culture, that there are things in some cultures, and because people serve different titles, that uh, um, uh, sleeping with children is uh, normal. You know, right. men marry young children. And having sex with babies, these are children, little girls, eight years old, is considered a normal thing. You know, abuse, uh, uh, bestiality, uh, there are many things that uh, people think because of that culture, they think it's okay. But the same thing back then, they, they did a lot of things. You you know you look at Sodom and Gomorrah. They had culturally accepted these perverted lifestyles, but it mm-hmm. never was from the beginning. It never was. You'll never see God condoning it in the scriptures. Right. So you know when they would say that, you know I would look. Sometimes I look at them, but as I went to live out on my own. I found that to be mm-hmm. true. You know, why am I over here when I don't uh, agree with that? Uh, they're trying to make me a part of something that I think is very un it's crazy. But why am I yeah. sitting amongst? So, you know, I had that word will come back and I say, you need to get on out of here. Right. That's why you have to hold fast to what the things that God has, has given unto you to do, um, that we must be be careful that we don't, you know, allow the world's ways and practices, you know, to take you away from the things of God. And, 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 it's, and it's done in such a subtle way. You know, the enemy, he is, he is keen for um, to being subtle and deceptive in his practices, and the moment that you, you know, you let your guard down, that's when the enemy comes in, you know, to do that which is ungodly, and when you're not, you don't stay in the word, it can easily happen 
you know, to you or to anyone. Because even the Bible clearly says even the very elect, you know, will mm-hmm. be deceived. It talks about that, yeah. you know, in um in Revelation. Mm-hmm. So that's why you all have to be in the mm-hmm. Word and you have to build it up of God. Because if not, again, this is where the enemy slips in at and 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 causes causes problems. Yeah. So. And a lot of their customs, I'm going to find out mm-hmm. that the way God called women to be, how he called uh-huh. families to be, there, there is, there's a reality, and we call it old-fashioned now, and, but the enemy has deceived us to destroy that foundation. And that to be chastened as a woman is a lot better, and this is from experience, to uh, then having being promiscuous, there there's a reality to it, and uh, and the the we because I used to question the because of the lack of understanding and how the word is projected out of religion that it seems mm-hmm. to make women uh, uh, in bondage, but if you yeah. get the clear and by the spirit, yeah. it was not bondage. It's, to, it's for your protection. It was for your protection. Yes, yes. unbeknownst to yes. you. Yep. Yes. Yep. I'm glad. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you brought that up, Minister Belinda, because um, as the scripture we were just reading here, and it says when it was talking about Rebecca, and it says, you know, how she was a virgin. Yes, and, and know, that, no was, man, that wasn't unusual. No, that was a party. That now we consider it uh, abnormal for someone to be a virgin, you know, in yeah. their 20s. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it, now it's so prevalent that you've got competitors, you know, just right. sit and down. If, and if you're a competitor. Yeah. And if you have not anymore. Some, 12-year-olds, not virgins. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sad, but true. Yeah, and you look at yeah. what it's costing us as a society. The promiscuous right. and of young boys, uh, adults with no boundaries, no rules, marriages and children yeah. being destroyed. So there's a reality to this stuff. It is. It really is. It really is, yes. And, and it's something that really... You know, like you said, you start um the seems like the conversation is being directed toward the culture of the women mm-hmm. of the Bible. That they were they were virgins when they got married. Their 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 marriages were somewhat arranged, you know, or at least they had to have permission, you know. They didn't just go off and just get married just because, you know, a man mm-hmm. spent some time with you you guys dated for a little while. You needed the approval of your your family. They allowed you to hear. They did allow Rebecca, and oftentimes too, this has been misconstrued. They did ask Rebecca of what she wanted to do, and so she agreed to go along with the the, the marriage and to leave with um with the servant. They remember they wanted to keep her a little longer, to, and and by that time, who knows. She, change her mind or what have you, but she was led by God, and she agreed all but immediately to leave and go with the servant and become 
this man's wife, who she had not ever known. But that's the thing that society, we we don't teach our, our young women, even our young men, you know, to hold yes, themselves. There's a, key themselves. there's a key element because it borderlines on abuse. That's what's mm-hmm. being done now. There's a difference. If they were led by God, it was ordered by God. And that's the difference. God does not abuse or put people in bondage. You have a set order now where people are doing it in themselves and putting young girls in bondage in abusive situations. A range of marriages that are not of God. And see, that's the difference because we have to make sure people understand because there are people uh, uh, that know of this stuff in different uh, countries that may be listening that, no, we're not talking about man ordering. We're talking about being led by God, not by a false God of a tradition that has nothing to do with God. Because you have people uh, living under this, the word, but not being led by the spirit and saying this is biblical, what I'm doing, and it's not. Stoning somebody right. in this day and time is not of God. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And and when um and I'm brought that up because that was either that was not even the way even when Christ came, you know, the Sadducees and the Pharisees wanted to stone the woman who was caught in adultery. That's that yeah. even even then. You know, Christ said no because that was that was not of God to have performed such such an act because like the scripture says, let he who is um, free of sin cast the first stone, and no one was able to do that. But um, mm-hmm. you know, recently, yeah, I was that was into the New- in the Old Testament, but it did right. it, it did you know? But Jesus brought a new light because even back then right. when they were doing uh. How many of them had sinned and been hidden sin? I know it was law back then, stone, you know, and and back in the uh, uh, Old Testament and biblical times. But right, what was saying when Jesus came? Was he bringing a light? You know, uh, because if you look at those, uh, uh, so many things, the law that ape. Um, the Abraham, not Abraham, yeah. Yes. No. Yes. Yeah, Abraham brought. Um, the law of Moses. Yeah, I mean Moses, not Abraham, Moses brought. There was a lot in it. Mm-hmm. But so you can't buy that one. But I'm talking about when Jesus came, he let them know. Because people are doing it now. And those people, some of them committed sins. They have done adultery, but they, they're not saying anything about it, but they're taking this woman, you know, bearing her up to her neck, and then the man is not nowhere around, but this woman is being stoned. So that's the only reason why I'm Yeah, because too many people are in the fullness hate the word of God because they have come out of these cultures. 
you know, uh, they may not even want to hear what we say as far as the word of God because they hear this. You know, young girls being forced into situations. No, we're not talking about that. This was ordered by God. And they were led by the Spirit of God. It was not in bondage. Right. And and through and through prayer. And through prayer, because they sought they sought the Lord and He guided them in that manner. And um just recently I was yeah. listening to the news. I believe it's I'm not sure if it's it's worldwide if it was just in New Jersey that they want to I think it's a federal thing that they want to um change the um the underage marital law that um, young people not get married until age 18 because then this way that they can have, they can give consent if they want to or they don't. But there were some religious leaders that were arguing that that would um, uh, contradict or it would come against their, their religious values. And just as you were just saying a moment ago, it's one thing when, you know, um, you're doing it and you're, you're, you have the God kind of love and protection that you want to offer your children. But it's another thing when you're doing this, like you said, in, in a way that promotes bondage. Because mm-hmm. sometimes are those times when the people, the parents are taking their children and they're selling them off and making them marry um, without the children's consent and putting them into relationships that will, in fact, have them in bondage or make them a slave to to another man or so, so forth and so on. And, and it, that's an unfortunate thing. It really is. But then there are the things, there are the times, like in this case here with um, Eleazar, when he went, I, Abraham sent him to go find his son a wife. Mm-hmm. And he prayed and he died. Uh, about what to do, and and this marriage here was arranged. So, in in today's today's world, you know, when that is being done, and it's not, you know, of the purest of heart, I'm going to say, then there yeah. is a problem because it shouldn't be done. We we shouldn't be doing things that are are ultimately going to bring somebody else some harm. You know, slavery, mm-hmm. things of those nature. That is done with, over and done with. You know, women uh, women should not be treated, you know, as commodities in 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 in, in uh, uh, pawns in some sort of sick demonic game. You know that the enemy has come up with because you know people want to take, like you said, little children. They want to take minor children. You know, and and they want to ha- be able to have their way with them. You know, that's not what what um, the scripture is about at all. And like you said, God, is, he's never been a things that will cause people harm. But man, in in his doing and his evil evilness that has crept into, again, crept into cultures, because these things were, 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 were culturally, um, you know, happening, be it wrong, right, or indifferent, but somehow they found themselves worse in this manner. And it's not of God, and it and it really is relatively sick when you want to now um, take young young women, young boys, young girls, young children against their will, 
and and to abuse and mistreat them in a manner that is just totally ungodly because God was never um, for any of these things. But again, people have allowed, you know, customs and traditions and, and, and God knows whatever else because I often hear people say, you know, and these are the people, you're atheists, like if there was a God, there is a God who sits high and looks low, but man has been given a free will. And there are things mm-hmm. that man has, that God has never been in agreement with. But because yeah. we have a free will, we can do mm-hmm. things you know, because God is not into controlling us and, and, you know, and having us in bondage. So mm-hmm. we're free to do and make decisions and do things, and people don't always make decisions that are for the good of their fellow mankind. Yes. And that's say that's that the they, they, yeah, they'll take God, his name, and say, well, uh-huh. uh, you got cults that take a part of this scripture and say, this is the will right. of God. They're lying. They right. are lying. You know, and and right. and on these young girls, you know, as wives, and then I could have this one, and I could have this one. You know, God's got mm-hmm. us, but there's God's. There's one living God. There's a difference. A lot of people are talking about God, and it has nothing to do with God. It has nothing. to do with their nothing. flesh. You know, and right. the enemy has always perverted the word of God for his device. And how you can tell it is, is it of God or is it not? Look at the fruit that it bears. God doesn't yes. bring people to misery. He takes them out of misery. If they're in abuse, mm-hmm. he takes Use. You know, that's why you said know the tree by the fruit of bear. Yes. You can't say you have love and everything around you, you're hurting. You're abusing. Right. It doesn't exactly. line up. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, and uh, all those that listen, you know, and sort God prospered. It didn't mean they didn't go through changes, but they they were delivered out of them. That's what you call mm-hmm. one being led the spirit. And like she says, a free will, you're, you don't see what's down the road. You don't see the depthness in the side of a soul. You know, you could have, there could be a person that you're connecting yourself to that is having hidden evil agendas for you. But God searches the heart. He knows the very heart of a person. So that's all I got to say. Yes, and, and, and that's and that's so good because, um, as you said, you know, when 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 you don't God, you know, for your protection in, in every area of your life, and especially, you know, in this case, we're talking about um, the Lord was sought after to bring together a marriage between a man and a woman. They sought the Lord, and he directed um, Abraham's servant right to this woman. Like she was chosen by God to become chosen by God to become Isaac's wife because yes. Isaac had a father, you know, who was in right relationship with God. And, and he prayed and he sought the Lord 
you know, even though he sent his servant out to, to find this woman, but their prayers were one and the same because Abraham had even told his servant, you know, to honor him in what he was about to do. And his servant, being an, an honorable man, also sought the Lord because he didn't go and just do what Abraham said. Eliezer also prayed and he asked God to direct now now God direct his steps because he says, Okay, I'm taking this I'm taking this order from my master, but now God I'm seeking you and I'm desiring that you lead me and guide me in the right direction and so here comes this this woman, um, this woman that God had ordained for Isaac to marry and then as a result of that, Rebecca when she gave birth to those twin boys um, Esau and Jacob, and she saw that the war was going on in her in her belly. She had sense enough too, as well. She prayed to God. Now, if that could have been any other woman, would she have sought the Lord? So God chose Rebecca, who in turn, um, even though you know that part of Abraham's family, they weren't worshiping God like Abraham had been, because remember, God Abraham. Um, God pulled him away from his people, but she also still yet had enough um, of um, what was placed to her and the family, their culture, that nature, that she sought after the Lord, and it was God who spoke to her. And I'm going to read in, in Genesis 25, verse um, Genesis chapter 25, I'm going to read um, verse number, I'm going to start at 21. Because at first, um, Rebecca, she was she was barren for a moment there. She had not had any children. In chapter, chapter Genesis 25, verse 21, and it says, And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife, because she was barren. And the Lord was entreated of him, and Rebecca, his wife, conceived. So she wasn't even having children at first. Her husband prayed for her, and she conceived. And then in verse 22, it says here, And the children struggled together within her, and she said, If it be so, why am I thus the will of the Lord? So again, God chose her to be Isaac's wife because he was also, yes, Isaac was very much a man of God. But this woman, in her in, in her relationship with um, Isaac, she came to the realization that she too must seek the Lord. And so when the Lord, in verse 23, it says, And the Lord said unto her, because she sought the Lord, Two nations are in thy womb, and two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels, and the one people shall be stronger than the other people, and the elder shall serve the younger. This is what God said to Rebecca, and we discussed this too. Um, This came up in conversation on last week because, she obeyed, you know, she sought to obey God in her decision that she made, even though it wasn't it wasn't playing out that way because if we call him on a fast forward up a little bit, Jacob, uh, Isaac, was getting on in age, and he was going to bless his children, and it was in Isaac's mind that he was going to, the blessing was going to go to Esau. But Rebecca recalled the conversation that she had with the Lord, and she thought to do otherwise. 
here we go again talking about, we talked last week about the help me, that the woman is the help me to the man. And so she stepped ahead, and again, it's not our place to say, did she do this right, did this wrong, because in her eyes, she was keeping in with the will of God. And we find later on in Scripture, and that's in Romans, um, where God says he'll have mercy on who he'll have mercy on. And so he ultimately, he had mercy on her because she was not destroyed in making this decision. And, and, you know, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, Because... That I like the key element in all of this. Mm-hmm. They sought God each time, and that's where people' mm-hmm. austerity comes from. You know, if God is the creator of heaven and earth, and He created all of this, it would be wise to seek God when something happened, because all of that wisdom is embedded in Him. When a, when she was barren and He seen this, what did He do? He went to God. God opened her womb. The battle went on in her womb. Rachel went to God to understand it. God said, now the Spirit said, there will be two manner of people. God mm-hmm. that God knew what was in her womb. Mm-hmm. And you can connect right because if to the scripture. The scripture says the root the root the the reward of the wound is God I mean uh Help me, Lord. I want to say this right. Uh, the fruit of the womb is God's reward. Okay? That's right. saying that right. God blesses that womb. He is the creator right. of that womb. He can determine what comes out of that womb. Yes. So God tells us two manner of people, and the, the young will rule over the oldest. Okay, we go back to the temple when Jesus went into the temple and the the, the Pharisees said, because he ate what, I don't know, the bread or what was in the temple, corn or whatever, and he, he ate it. And the Pharisee told him, you're not supposed to do that on the Sabbath. But he told him he right. is the Sabbath. He is Lord of the church. And if Jesus wants to switch that that rule, he can do it. But the custom was with the oldest boy. But God said, no, the youngest will rule over the oldest. Mm-hmm. And to man it would seem, well, that's wrong. Well, man thought it was wrong for Jesus to come in here and eat in the temple. But he mm-hmm. told them, he is the temple. Which he was. So you have to go biblically to all of that. Now, God told this woman that two matter. He knew that they would be two different kinds of people. And later we would find out what kind of people they were. God doesn't make a mistake. That's why he, and it goes to the scripture, he says, lean not to your own understanding. His way, our ways is not his ways. 
our thoughts are not his thoughts. Yes. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. And we and we have to be um, thinking in that uh, regard always because when we when you really seek after the Lord, there are gonna be some times when God's gonna instruct you in a way that that is um I'm gonna use this word baffling to you. Mm-hmm. You may not understand he says his ways are higher than our ways. And God mm-hmm. will say, you know, I want to go and do this. Just like he told um what was the um in uh in scripture when he told um to go bathe in the water, the nasty water. Yeah. He told yeah. the man of God to go go bathe, wash seven times, go dip seven times in the nasty water. And him mm-hmm. being, you know, of this uh, high noble stature, he was looking yeah. at the prophet like, you want me to go do what? Do you know who I am? You want me to go dip in this nasty water? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a man of, you know, of noble respect, and I'm just paraphrasing here. You know, I'm mm-hmm. somebody, and dipping that mm-hmm. nasty water, but um, unbeknownst to him, that guy had had a plan. And when he went in there and he dipped in that nasty water, and that's when he took that seven dips, that leprosy was gone from him. But had he thought more highly of himself than he should mm-hmm. have, and then mm-hmm. and then chose to be obedient, he wouldn't have been cured of that leprosy. You know, he did. He had him a moment, him a moment when he was like, you know what? No, I'm not about to do this because that's nasty. But he yeah. stopped for a minute. He realized, okay, I want to be healed, and I'm gonna go do what this prophet told me to do. I'm gonna put my pride aside, and I'm gonna go obey the instruction of the Lord. And he received his healing. Yeah. So I'm, th- I'm See, saying that to say. About the miracles that Jesus had done already. He just spoke the word and it was done. He touched them and it was done. You know, but he had to go mm-hmm. somewhere else and dip seven times, you know, because yeah. of his status. He said, Well, why can't you do something now? It's not about yeah. what we think, yeah. not about right. what God's not work in the same matter. I was told that. Well, you know, mm-hmm. what about threat? You know, he was already dead and in seven days. But that's not what God told me. He said in seven days you have another answer. The answer didn't mm-hmm. come to the day. And the physician quoted Lazarus. I quoted the the man that went and dipped in the water seven times. You know, why did Jesus take the mud and put it on the blind man's eyes? What was significance mm-hmm. about that? He didn't heal and didn't deliver the same way. It's about obedience and it's following the instructions. You know, and this is a layer of instructions. Abraham was taught. How did Abraham leave out from his people? He had to obey that voice. He had to follow what God says. And later God, he would even take his son. And God would tell him to sacrifice his son. That's way out there. But yet this yes. man faithfully did it. God knew what he was going to yes. do. Yes. But he's asking, he, what he's ultimately asking us is that, do you trust me? 
Do you trust yes. me with all that you have? Do you trust me? And yes. why would you do that? We never know what is going to befall us. And if we don't be rooted and grounded in this word and trusting God, trust is what God is. We can only do a measure. God is unlimited. You know, if he says, get up and take your children, and you don't understand, but God knows that a dam is fitting to break. And they have happened. Floods have taken place. And God wakes you up the middle of the night, get up and take your children and get to high land. Get them out of here. Mm-hmm. Could you see that? Could you follow that without any understanding for your right. benefit? You know, Abraham right. had to learn. Lot didn't do that, but Abraham was wow. well rooted. He knew not to go down to that end. You know where those cities were. Go on. Right. I'm glad that you have brought that that comparison up between Lot and Abraham. Because remember, when when God. When God told Abraham to come to to lead his people, he never told Abraham to take Lot with him. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I've I've heard I've had a lot of um I've heard a lot of different preaching on this from different um men and women of God, and they talk about you know Abram, but when he took when he took Lot with him, it was a lot. It was a lot more that he had to put up with that he wouldn't have had to deal with if he didn't have Lot with him. Because he had to fight. He had to go in there and he had to fight um, for Lot. Because Lot's men were arguing the, um, um, with, the, with the other uh, people because their, the, you know, their, their men were arguing with, with one another because they had grown so much because God had told Abraham that he was going to, um, his, 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 um, he was going to be the father of many nations and he was going to um, outgrow you know, his people, and they would be unable to be numbered. So God was already doing something with Abraham, and Lot came along with Abraham, and he just he received the benefit of being with him. But he was the the full benefit was if he had followed after God even. But but Lot was mm-hmm. Lot didn't take that plight in his life. He did not. He chose to do the things of the world. That's what that's what ended him up, landed him in Sodom and Gomorrah, um, mm-hmm. with with all of the 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 sexual promiscuity and all of that stuff that had been going on because he had never really he came with Abraham, but he had never really connected with the God of Abraham. Mm-hmm. So he he was he was there receiving the benefit, but he mm-hmm. did not. Um, all actuality, he was never really totally submitted to be able to to receive the fullness of what Abraham was receiving because Abraham was a man after God's own heart. He he he. The Bible actually calls him a friend. You know, it doesn't say that because David is the one who uh, the Bible says the man after God's own heart. Abraham, friend of yeah, yeah. He submitted himself. Was willing to trust God. You know, God yes. was going to multiply him. He said that could yes. could Lot and his people not trust that God would that they could live within that that area until God tell them told them to sojourn. 
to a greater land. But, you know, the conflict is not God's. It was a lot in them because Abraham could have control over his people because God gave him Mm -hmm. that authority. You know, and the conflict that we started fighting could have been corrected. But if we choose, you know, and God is not in conflict, we know who roots in conflict. Hmm. And then he would choose yes. the, the the latter of what he wanted. Abraham stayed in the place. You know, it's like you say, there's so much to that. There's so much to that, you know. What are we looking towards? What is our heart looking at? What is our mind? Our eyes are fixed to something maybe that's under, that's not good for us. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's again, again, it's always that's why it's so important to to read the Word of God and to study to show yourself approved, a workman who need not be ashamed of the gospel. And it's for your benefit. You know, God God calls us all to study the word. It's not because he wants us wants to control us, but he wants us well aware of what we're up against. You know, you, you take, for instance, you know, with any, um, any, any item you buy from a store, if you have to build it. Take, for instance, you go buy a, even a basic bookshelf. Who can't put together a basic bookshelf? You know, you put your the top, the sides, the bottom, you put a backing in it, you stick the shelves in it. You really can't do that. It really is simple. But every now and again, you'll find one that if you're not paying close enough attention, you'll put the left side where the right side is and right side to where the left side should have been because you didn't really follow instructions to the letter. And then you find yourself, and what when you got the left side, where the right side should it be and the right side where the left side should it be, you have to then take it all apart and put it back together. And then we, and, and, and anybody, uh, most people who are fix-it people like myself, you can attest to this, once you take, once you put something together and then you take it apart and you try to put it back together, it loses its strength because the first, the first, the screws should have went in one way and now you got to screw them in another way Sometimes you make a mistake and now you can't bore that hole in the same place and you have to turn around and reconstruct it because you didn't do it right the first time. And it makes more work. So I'm I'm saying all that to say that if if we would, and and I know it's easier said than done because, like you said, um, you mentioned earlier, Minister Belinda, sometimes, oftentimes people have turned away from God because they didn't like the instruction or they took somebody else's opinion. They thought it was going to be hard to serve God. And so they didn't because they didn't want to, you know, they they didn't want to adhere to what they thought were rules, so to speak. And so they went about and they they did things in another way only to come to find out now you live life and now you got regrets. And you say to yourself, mm-hmm. if only, if only, if, if only I had obeyed God. If only I had did what the Lord had told me to do. You know, if only, if only I had done this. And I'm sure that any number of us, saved and unsaved, and when we're talking about those who, you know, who are following us, the Lord. I'm sure that we all have sometimes, and we say, you know what, 
I, I, if if only I would have did, you know, this. If only I had made mm-hmm. this decision, you know, maybe things would have yeah. turned out differently. But but thank mm-hmm. God for Jesus. Thank yeah. God for Jesus, because the Bible says that He takes what the devil meant for evil, and He'll make it good. And, yeah, and He's a right. God of another, of another chance, of another chance. So thank God, salvation today that we're able to, you know, in forgiveness, that we can go to the Lord and we can repent and we can ask God for forgiveness and he'll, 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 he'll um, redeem us, you know. He'll turn around with the, with the enemy evil and he'll still yet bless us and he'll still yet is always there to encourage us. So, so we thank God that we, we can come to the Lord after we've made a bad decision. But, however, mm-hmm. if we take the word, which is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my pathway. And if we hide the word in our hearts so we wouldn't sin against God, we'd be further along and we'd be better off. Yep. But we thank and praise God anyhow because he is a God of another chance. And I know mm-hmm. that we're talking about women of the Bible, but um, as, as you, you um, if you're following along, our conversation began to talking about women but we found ourselves delving into the culture because it, it's the it's the very culture of, of 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 not just women but of families and of that we we find ourselves following after when we really need to be following after God. Mm-hmm. We really need to hopefully be following and chasing after God and chasing after God and doing it is what the Lord would have us to do and not what we ourselves desire to do. Mm-hmm. But you can't talk about something and, and not comment because the man is in there. They're connect, there's a connection, a man and a woman, Absolutely. you know. Uh, he prayed, and then he seen his wife in, you know, distress because she couldn't bear, so he prayed for her. Well, you know, that has changed, too, because we – we're throwing out men, and then we're throwing out women, and we're building our own institution. It's not working. Come, come on, minister. Go ahead. Go right here. Go right here. I, I hear you want to say something. Go ahead. There's a reason why God created man and woman, but it is in his ordinance. It, it, you can't establish. You can't. Because the scripture says if a man built a house without God, he built it in vain. And that's what we're seeing now. But you can, because he gives us, and we do a lot of things out of ignorance. We can build a marriage. We can build a home. We can pick what we want. We can set what we want and what we think. And you see the replica of this. And I lived through it. Many children lived through it without having, and I'm talking about why are certain men abusive? Why are they this? Why are that? We have lost lost the ordinance of God. He say he, this scripture says here tells what a man should walk as, what is a woman should walk as, how that unit will fit and connect it. It's like my sister said, you know, you could build the, the bookcase, but if you don't follow the instruction, you're gonna have something off. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. to to yes. say, yes. oh, I don't need a man. Children that are raised without fathers have a hard time. I'm talking about godly men. I'm talking about crazy people. In it. But that's our decision, how we walk. That's you know? right. That's but right. Have a 
a, a godly, decent father. That is such a need and a comfort to children. To have mm-hmm. a mother that is rooted and grounded in God's word. It, children need mothers. They need fathers. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and you can, you know, they miss knowing how to feel safe. A young girl under her father's care. A boy having a father to look to and, and teaching him how to be a godly man, how to be a man. And a mother there that's nurturing, teaching that boy how to be gentle, how to love, be loving, how to, that girl to be uh, a, uh, to keep, you know, a house, the fundamentals of a woman. And it's not just housekeeping. It's like God says in, uh, uh, what's the word, a virtuous woman? You know, she knows how to yes. buy. She knows how to keep a house. She knows how to keep, I'm talking about, it's a lot of things that involved in parenting. And when it's done the way God says, there is strength in that house. Mm-hmm. There are children that are growing up stable, strong, rooted, balanced. Anybody that has had the opposite can tell you, I wish I had had a father in my life. I wish I had what I've seen these other girls have. That father that looks at them with such love, that protects them, watches over So, uh, you know, you, they, they, we, we have separated a lot of things and made up our own programs. So if we talk about, because they, they're all connected in here. You got the women, you got the men, you know, they're all connected. One is not without the other. You know, Deborah was a prophetess, a, a warring woman, a leader. All of these things are in there. So you can't make people less dead because that's, that's that disorder, that disconnection, that malfunction that we have set up that had nothing to do with God. I just want to go in and read, um, I'm going to read Proverbs 31, talking Uh about the virtuous. Proverbs 31, it it begins at verse, I'm going to begin at verse 10. It says here, um, who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. She is Thank like you. a merchant. She bringeth her food from afar. She rises, rises also while it is yet night and giveth meat to her household and a portion to her maiden. 
she considereth a field and buyeth it. With the fruit of her hands, she planted a vineyard. She girded her loins with strength and strengthened her arms. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good. Her candle goeth not out by night. She layeth her hands to the spindle, and her hands hold the distaff. She stretches out her hand to the poor. Yea, she reaches forth her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. She maketh fine linen and selleth it, and delivereth girdles unto the merchant. Strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. She looketh well to the ways of her household, and eateth not the bread of idleness. Her children arise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but that excelleth them all. Favor is deceitful, and beauty is vain, but a woman that fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands, and let her own works praise her in the gates. And that's the word of the Lord about a virtuous woman. There's so much in that that he says. Yeah. And if you look back at where these women used to be, you could see them. If you have had the privilege of knowing a virtuous woman, them old women, I'm not talking about, uh, you know, there are some young girls striving, doing all they know to do to try to be this. But they, all, they were old women. I've had the privilege of meeting these women. They labored. They labored in the house. You know, they were, were not afraid of work. They watched over their children. There was, there was discipline in the house. You know, I'm not talking about abuse. But right. there was correction. That child didn't raise up and talk crazy to their mother. They were taught respect. And respect was given by the way this woman walked. Mm-hmm. They kept, you know, kept their house. Kept, you know, had financial wisdom. If it meant them saving up their pennies, you know, to better their, their household, that's what they did. Some of them women didn't work outside. They Their husband worked, and they, that woman was given so much money for the household, and out of that, because of her wisdom, you know, they would garden and then put some money away. You have women, families that had 13 children. I, the reason, only reason I'm using yeah. this, um, you, back then, and what we have available to us and what we are lacking in is, is what what's going on? They said they mm-hmm. just they had they had so much less and they did so much more with it, y'all. Yes, they they sent their kids to college. Some of them became lawyers and doctors. 
poor people, but rich in God. Mm. It says what a virtuous woman is and what's her worth. And all men having the understanding of what God said. It's not about somebody's hips, their breasts, or how cute they look. Mm-hmm. With honor. We're, you know, yeah. uh, this is, uh, uh, and there's such much power coming out of that. Uh, she will do her husband no harm. She she loves him in a way in God that she would never think to hurt him. His heart is safe within her. But that's that's going scripturally bound. Because see, all if you obey one part, you're gonna know by the the spirit of God. You cannot disobey one part, you gotta obey all of it. He says, Pray that your mouth be bridled. And this 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 when I say bridle the tongue, God says it for everyone. And anybody that has chose to walk by God, be led by the Spirit, you're going to pray for your mouth to be changed. Because a lot of times we say stuff because we get frustrated and anger, and God says don't. This ain't about, oh, she's going to be a slave to that man. She can't have a, a thought. She can't express. Yes, she can. How do you express it? Is it with respect and dignity and honor? That applies to your children. That applies to your neighbor. It says that she knows how, and she opens her hand to the poor. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, she, you prosper uh-huh. when you walk this. This woman. Right. Oh, no. She's not selfish. She's not, uh, she doesn't lack understanding, intelligence. She doesn't mind, you know, if if, if you, you've got to get out there and go in the snow. And we're not talking about the man not doing that. Men have gone to work under all kinds of conditions. If a man is sound in God and loves God first, he's going to know how to love that woman. And he's going to honor her. He's going to take care of them kids. Some people have been blessed with those kind of fathers. Yes. Yes. You know? yes. In the mind. Huh? Yes. It's dangerous. The conditions that people are willing to do because they honored and God esteem, and it said order in their houses. It does, and it sets the stage. But God, God knew what the world needed when He arranged marriage, and He yeah. said, you know, uh, He brought the man and the woman together, and He said, you know. Be fruitful and multiply and, you know, subdue the earth and go in that way, a man and a woman, you know, not anything other than that. Because, as you know, when they started getting confused, that's when he broke it down in in the um, Levitical law and talked about how the, you know, certain 
you're not supposed to sleep with your with your mother's um, sister because that's a close yeah. relative. You know, he gave clear instruction, sexual arena, and what it is that's that's supposed to be done. And the Bible is clear about two men not being together and a woman mm-hmm. moving away from her natural desires mm-hmm. of what, what uh, uh, your desire is supposed to be for your husband. You know, mm-hmm. not anything other than You're not the world. on your father's or your mother. Yes. So that means that there's a clothing issue going on, too. But now you'll see uh, people just, you know, walking naked in front of their kids. There was some reason why God said all of these things. Listen, it was a reason, and he had a plan for the lives of his people, but we have not followed. They have not followed according to to the work of the Lord, then that's what that's what leads people to keep saying now, if there was a God, there is a God. But he created me and he gave man the to rule the earth. So man is at fault for the things that we are experiencing here on this earth today. It's not that there's no God, you know, and yes, can can God step right in and turn things around? Yes, he could. Yes, he could, but he he's coming back, though. He is coming back, people. You need to know that God is coming back, and he is going to take dominion over the earth again. But he is still yet giving us opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to repent ways and adhere to the things of the Lord. But are we doing it? There lies the problem because we're not doing it. We're not repenting. We're not coming to God and we're not asking him for forgiveness. And there's going to come a time when the judgment is coming and there is going to be no time to repent. So I'm um, I'm glad in which the way that this conversation has gone today, um, Minister Belinda, because we have truly discussed some things that I believe that the Lord would have us to talk about, even if it's just on a replay, because God, yes, he has ordained um, marriage between one man and a woman, and yes, our topic has been on, we're talking about holy women of the Bible, but like you said, Minister Belinda, you cannot have a discussion about a woman without having a discussion about a man and children coming into play because that is who we are. And that's 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 the order. That's the order of mankind that God placed in the earth. He made man in his image. He made man to have a helpmate because he said it's not good that man should live alone and a woman was, was devised to be a helpmate unto her husband and that they were to come together and pro, uh, procreate and populate the world. And that can't be done no other way than but through a man and a woman because two people of the same origin cannot populate the world. So that in itself is is in direct um, contradiction and and whatever word you want to use, direct controversy to the laws and the plans of God that he has for a man and for a woman. Now, we, we and I say we, because it's mankind has come up and we've, we've tried to make take wrong and make it right and take right and tell you that it's wrong. But God 
is a God of all creation. He is the same that he was yesterday, he is today, and that he'll be forever. And we must continue to honor God and his ways. And not because like you also said, Minister Belinda, his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And 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 we in our our finite minds we cannot understand the mind of God and what His yep. ultimate plan is. That's why we have to constantly be seeking Him and praying to Him so He can tell us because He wants to tell us. He 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 doesn't want to keep us keep keep um us in the dark. He wants us yep. to know what is the will of God. He wants us to know what is His will. That's why he said to pray and to seek his faith and to turn from our wicked ways because he knows the world is wicked. He knows the world yeah. has become wicked and deceitful in the manner in which it is operating. And God is not pleased, but he also said this one important thing, people, I want you to know. He said he will not be mocked. He said he will not be mocked. And that which he has spoken of, he is going to make it good. Mm-hmm. not a man that he's, he's going to ultimately have his way. Now, we can either come alongside and we can support the Lord and walk alongside him, or we can, in fact, do things in and of our own way and suffer the consequences. Amen? Amen. Because there are, there, are, there are consequences for our actions. Yep. There are truly consequences for our actions, and we need to know that. So there's going to come a time when man is going to have to pay up for all of the deeds that we have been doing that is not of God. Yeah. So it is 1230. And, um, again, uh, this conversation I have just, I enjoy, I so look forward to these Saturdays. It, it seems like sometimes it comes in a hurry. But as it's going on, I'm, I'm really grateful to God that he has allowed us to come together for these times that we can have these open discussions. You know, we do have a, we have a topic this week, but um, part of our mission and our objective is to be led of the Holy Spirit and to discuss the things that the Lord will have us to discuss um, as we keep in mind with our topic, but our format um our platform, as I want to say, is always open to the move of the Lord. And we move according to his discretion and his plan, not us. Mm-hmm. But it all yes. connects. Uh, yes, it does. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. You know, yes, it does. And our decisions, you know, God wants us to prosper. And uh, we got the mm-hmm. prosperity movement going on and there's some deception in that stuff. He said, as we seek after his righteousness and his namesake, that, you know, he would add these things according to his riches and glory. And sometimes that when it says his riches and glory, then you got to seek what is it? We're looking at a lot of things outside. You know, people use that phrase, well, God, uh, the world has blessings. Why can't God's people? God ain't never intended his people to be blessed the way the world blesses. If that's the case, mm-hmm. Jesus should have felt that uh, pinnacle or that mountain when the devil said, if you worship me, I'll give you all the 
the, the trade of the world. <laughs> yeah, and Jesus told him. So you got to you got to look at what's really going on. Amen. You know, there's a prosperity of the enemy and of God. And there's a difference in God's blessings. There's a soundness and a wisdom in the prosperity of God. And God's people need to really sit before God to see what is real behind this. God gives the measure according to what he sees fit. And believe me, folks, there is a a direction with that prosperity, and it will show the the what the scripture says. God there's this the word in it says be a good steward. Well how does God say stewardship is not what the world says. The world will have big old diamonds around their neck. You know, they go mm-hmm. get the fans multi cars. D- is that what God said? And am I supposed to order myself according to the world because I'm a child of God? According to what the word of God, God, Jesus said, he said, he told Satan, no. And I'm not speaking about poverty, that it's okay to be poor. God never, never started poverty. Man did. Out of greed. Right. Man, the tax system to take from the poor. The rich had abundance enough to to eat, but they wanted more, and it for the poor. Whether they were sick or dying, it worked them like slaves. That was not God. If man would truly come to the reality of the spirit of God, there'd be no poverty. There'd be no murdering. There'd be no wars. There'd be no adultery. There would be no broken homes. Because mm-hmm. God is not a sociopath. <laughs> and no, she he is not. About Blender. Why are you saying that? You look at the conditions of this world, and if you don't think this is crazy, <laughs> It is, Minister. It is. It really is. Destroying a whole system of their living, their hospitals, their universities, their uh, 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 homes, killing people by masses. In the name of whatever, whatever you want to call it. God intended for men to live in and under his instructions, mm-hmm. to love one another, to care for one another, to respect your neighbor's property, to re- not to bear witness against your neighbor, not to lie, not to sleep with your neighbor's wife. Mm-hmm. All of this in there. Our insanity is our own, and and I don't, you know. It's our own, right. It's yeah. our own, and we have to stop 
Amen. Because it ain't God. That's right. And he didn't say kill someone because they have a different religion. You pray for them. Jesus prayed. He left them where they were when he walked. He told them the truth. And if they didn't want to receive it, then there you are. But like my sister said, the the living God will one day come back. And he said, there'll be no more crying. There'll be no more murderers. It will be murdering. There'll be no more of this stuff. And people will live in peace. Mm-hmm. But, all, you know, he, he he's talking about these women. There's a reason why God put this in motion. You know, to understand what God wants us to be. And no man can do it yeah. unless they it be done by the Spirit. He said, not by might, but by the Spirit of the Lord. You know, there are women struggling, and they, they, they don't have no resources. You know, they're believing this lie. They have to be in this kind of bondage. But if you turn your lives to God, you'll see miracles happen. God ain't stopped doing no miracle. You know, you, you bought the bill of goods. And you're in this situation, and you see your household going to destruction. You see, you know, and then women will turn back to try to get a man because it's so hard. I, I need that man. I need somebody here. I need the strength. I need the thing. But we need that of the order of God. If God's called you, you know, there are some that are born eunuchs from birth. There's some that choose not to never marry. Paul, I think Paul did that. But if God has made you born, birth you to have a husband, birth you to have a wife, you're going to have that innate yield and earning for that. And if it's not done the correct way, you're going to have living hell. And then you're going to see it and then say, but you're going to still look for it maybe in the wrong places, because you know that your body and your mind is trying to tell you. But you can never obtain it until you come to the cross. Because he said, you got you to turn your life to the Lord. You can't do it Amen. without the soul. Amen. You, you can't make it without the soul. You know, he is the beginning and the end. Yes, he is. You know, you're trying to build something and you're running around in circles. You're almost hysteric because you can't obtain it. You've tried everything. I've had two marriages. It didn't work. I've had three boyfriends. Mm -hmm. Tried to live in. It didn't work. Mm -hmm. I am so desperate. I'm hurting so bad. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you sit and say, "What's wrong with me? Something wrong with you? You just ain't made it to the cross." <laughs> I like that. <laughs> he said, I like that, yes. "He said, I, I, I will 
first you got to let God be your husband. Amen. 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 If you have no man in the house, you let God be your husband. And then let him you fix you and mold you so you can have a healthy relationship, a healthy marriage. And let God do the choosing. Let him arrange the marriage. You let him trust. And then when you, the Lord prosperous you in that, don't let go of him. Don't say, okay, God, I got it. Now you're going to take care of it because you just had before a divorce. If God build it, without God. Yep. yeah, you got to mm-hmm. keep the authority over it. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. when when frustrations come because some things do happen, and if you don't turn to God, mm-hmm. your frustration to be your Lord, then you're going to look at your husband like he's crazy, or he's going to look at you. This goes both ways. And then yeah. y'all going to say that a humbling member. Yes. Who's on the throne? Who's the one that put it together? He's the glue for it. So you pray over the circumstances and let God be the victory over it. Follow the instructions. What he got, God gives it to you. If he says, humble yourself, stop. Humble yourself. If he says, be quiet, be quiet. That goes both ways. Men and women. He tells us right now, it's not married. He tells us to be quiet when he's talking. Get family blended. Be frustrated. Do you feel that trying to come? I tell you to wait on me. Yes, Lord. Then begin to pray over your flesh. We take instruction. We've learned to submit ourselves unto God and take instructions. Because we lived outside of it. We found out it don't work. It does not work outside of the will of God. And we learned that it's a value in putting ourselves in our flesh under subjection so God can cut away and add and build a house so we can be the women of God. Found out there's peace of God. It may look mm-hmm. stupid to the world, but what is that? He confounds the wise things of the world and makes the foolish things wise and the wise things foolish. <laughs> How can you be with that? Yeah, say that scripture. He takes the foolish things to con- to confound the wise. Amen. Wise, yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. say, how can you be this long without a man? Easy. Because God has control. Amen. Amen. How can you be a woman and have a house and pay bills? You see, when God does the finances. Mm-hmm. And he makes a way. Amen. Amen. Yes. Amen. We trust, believe in his word. And he says, quote this word, and it puts in remembrance by the spirit of the Lord. What did I say? The Lord thy God is your husband. If a good and I and what's that? If a good far, earthly father knows how to give his children gift, what more would a, a yeah. heavenly father do? Yeah, that's right. You know, and that, then he also, what what more would a, a godly husband do? Well, we are we are married to God. Yeah, 
I also want to add one thing there that you said. Yes, go ahead. That women who are working and taking care of their household, because the scripture says that you bring you all the tithes into the storehouse so that there may be room enough in my house. When you pay your tithes and you give your to the Lord, oh, he'll make a way. He will will make a way. But the whole thing is we must honor God. We got to honor the word of God. Yes. About your situation. You know, it, right. Yes. Yes. But all of it. You know. Amen. We believe Amen. Ties. What, what God says. Not me trying to pimp you. What God yeah. says. Don't rob God. You, mm-hmm. Yes. Extend your hand as God says. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not by your, your heart. Because your heart will get you in trouble. You'll give when you're not supposed to be giving. Because the devil will come to your door and say, I'm in need. And they're yeah. not in need because they had money, but they used it unwisely. Amen. Say, no, that is to go in your household. There's a difference between a need and a want. That's that virtuous woman. She knows God's going to let, she's seeking God. He tells her when to give. He tells her what's mm-hmm. for Extend it to give. Being led by the Spirit. Because when you give that is not real, you're, and that one that God intended for you to give is really in need, you will not have the money to give that person. See, we can't walk in the Spirit without God's wisdom and understanding. God knows the heart of a person. And then he says it's a time to give and a time not to. It's a time yeah, to, right. to time not to. It's a time when to gather, when to let go. We have mm-hmm. to know this. That brings prosperity too. When you need to be letting go of something, you holding it, and that holding is cutting your door off. Planting when you should not plant. Time to gather it up. That's, you know, that's spiritual, that you have to know what God is saying. Because and how where, you know what God is saying? You, you got to, that's why you word. That's, you got, that you said it. How do you know what God is saying if you don't read the word? You got to read your Bible. got to read your Bible, people. Well, you have to pray for that word. You got yeah. to, before God say, Lord, what does this really mean? And what's the depthness of it? And just because you don't get it at that time, put it in your heart. And one day God will speak to you and say, okay, this is what the understanding of this means. Mm-hmm. You know, they wrote the Bible. And I, I know some of that stuff they didn't even understand. They just wrote it. Wrote it. Right? I mean, Inspired by the Holy you know, Spirit. Way in the future. But he was obedient to write what the Spirit said. You know, Daniel seen dreams that worried him. He didn't have the understanding of what that dream was. But he kept on doing what God said. And then one day, the Lord sent the angel with the understanding, and Daniel understood what God was saying. Mm Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. 
And on that, on that note, um, Minister, would you be so kind? Because we have about two minutes left. Would you be so kind to um, offer up the prayer for those who have yes. yet to receive the Lord as their Savior? Lord, we, we humbly yes. come before the throne. God, with all the humility we have. And, Lord, we repent. We forgot that. If anything is in us that will hinder this prayer, God, please forgive us. Because we want our prayer to help people. Somebody out there is hurting. Somebody lacks the understanding and the wisdom of your word. But their heart is crying out. What must I do? Lord, reveal unto them. God, reveal thy spirit in the fullness, God. Whether it be in a dream or vision or your still voice that will speak to their soul, you are in need of salvation of the living God. Some of them, God, have have been raised under a, 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 a strange God, Lord, that has deceived them. Some of them have been raised up in religion, God, that has hurt them. But it's not you, God. We pray, Lord God, Father, that you draw them. You said if we lift you up, you would draw all men unto you, God. So, Lord, we ask, God, that you be lifted up and that you, God, will draw these individuals, God, because you know their hearts, you know where they're at, and you know what they need. So, Lord, we're praying in agreement. We're praying for the women, God, that are in such dire need, Lord, that they're about to give up their lives because they think there's no answer, but there is. Lord, right now, by the Spirit, we send your word out to them, God, as an anchor, God, unto their souls, Lord. We ask you, Lord God, Father, open up their eyes, understanding. We ask that the scales be taken off their eyes so that they can see that there is a living God and that they will draw unto that living God and surrender their lives unto you, Lord God. For you are the hope, God. When Jesus walked into that temple, Lord, they had all manner of traditions, religions. God, they had turned from you. And Lord, from the, the ordinance that Moses gave God. And Lord, you came into that temple and you opened the word and you said, I have been anointed to set the captives free. Lord, to open the blind eyes. Lord, and to mend the brokenhearted. Lord, we ask you, God, that your word will go forth wherever they are. Lord, I'm asking you, God, to stop those that are trying to take their lives, these women. Lord, even some of them are thinking about taking their life and their children's life. Because, Lord, they have built their own houses, God. We don't pray condemnation. We pray, God, for understanding, Lord. But you said your people perish for lack of knowledge. God, you must come to these women, wherever they are. Those that are in bondage of abuse, God, set them free. Set them free. Those that have broken hearts, God, mend them. Lord, but let them know it's by a living God, a God that can save, that can set the captives free. Not a stony, idle, or no religious God. Lord, I ask God that you come. 
those that are living in poverty, God, don't know how to go make ends meet, God. Let them know, God, that you, you, all of it, you said, God, that you own a cattle of a thousand hills, that the fullness of the earth, the silver and the gold and the fullness of the earth belong to you. Yes, God, that you can provide for them, that you can keep. And, Lord, just as the woman that was at the well, she had five husbands, and the one she was with was in hers. All those women, God, that have gone from man after man, thinking that's the answer, God, stop it. In Jesus' name. And like you told the woman at the well, if you drink of this well, you'll thirst no more. He's not talking about no water. He's talking about a living water that only comes from heaven. Those that are gone after everything. Looking for an answer and still can't find the answer is Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who died on the cross to set you free. He is real. His power is real. And God, I ask that you give them an opportunity before they leave here to know you on a personal level, God. Not by man, God by the Spirit. Because you're the one God. Your Spirit, Lord, in Jesus' name we pray. God, let them come to the revelation that you have cared for them all their lives. Even when they didn't know you. Even in those circumstances of horror, there was a living God. But they just didn't know how to turn the light on in the dark room. Yes, yes, God. Be able to turn that light on so they won't stumble no more. Because you said, God, you are light in our pathway, God. How can they walk if they're in the dark? Because they can't see. Lord, we pray in Jesus. Aramasi, Aramasi, in the name of Jesus. God, I heard two names, Lord. Wherever Sarah is, God, touch this child, Lord, Father. And wherever Debbie is, touch her, Lord, God. I mean, touch her the way, God, that it moves the whole house. That her spirit in will fill a, a living God has stepped into our house. Lord, touch their most inner being. Let the mere spirit man that has been dead become alive. Lord, he have and that he be called on my son. Behave it, behave it in the name of Jesus, God. In the name of Jesus, God. In the name of Jesus, Father. He have and that he be called on my son. 
to God, I praise you, Lord Father, that you are not what God. <laughs> That's the religion. He said, freely give, Lord. This is not about profit and money. For soul, who can buy a soul when it belongs unto God? Jesus gave it freely. He shed his blood freely. In the name of Jesus, God. We call it the diabrasa, diabrasa. In the name of Jesus. Hold on, David. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Father, for this opportunity, Lord God, to be in your presence. Your word says that where two or three are gathered, there you are in the midst, Lord God. So we thank you right now, Lord God, for your presence Lord, this morning, this afternoon, oh God, that you walked with us and you talked with us, oh God. And we were able, Lord God, to share with your people. Father God, we take it not lightly for this opportunity that you have given unto us, Lord God, to be able to share with your people, Lord God. We count it a privilege and an honor, Lord God. And we'll always be mindful, Lord God, to give you all the glory, all the all, all the honor, and all the praise, because it all belongs to you, Lord God. And we shall not touch your glory, Lord God. But we consider ourselves yeah. humble servants, Lord God. Yeah. And we bow in your presence, O oh God, and we thank you yet again, O oh God, for the opportunity, Lord God, to yes, be so. able to serve you and be a witness, Lord God, to these your people, O oh God, Lord God, because we don't take it lightly, O oh God, and we will yes, not so. take it for granted, O oh God, for the opportunity yes, so. that has been bestowed upon us, Father God, as women yes, so. of the Most High God, yes, Lord God, so. as humble women, as Virtuous women, O oh God, yes, that you Lord. have called us for such a time as this, O oh God. Yes. We do, yes. we do consider it a privilege and an honor that you thought enough of us, O oh God, point us yes, for Lord. this time and for this season, for this time, yes, O oh God, that we can share with your people. Yes, we want to tell you thank you, O oh God. Yes. We honor you, and we will yes, study Lord. to show ourselves approved, O oh God. That we not speak in error, and we not speak out of turn and out of line, O God, but we speak that which the Holy Spirit would have us to say. We thank you, Lord God, for Dr. Ghani, for this program. We thank you for her very life, O God, and we ask, O God, that you continue to touch her and to keep her. We thank you, Father God, for Minister Belinda, Lord God, and for those who will listen faithfully, O God, Minister Lita, Lord God, uh, Minister Gloria, we thank you, O God. And we pray your hedge of protection around each of their lives. In Jesus' name we pray. And we thank you yet again. Amen. Have a wonderful day. Yes, Lord. Yes. The sister. Yeah, my son. She asked for more prayer. Sister Gunn. Yes, Lord. Out of the cold. Out of the CF, out of the cold. Yes, Lord. We could do it after this show if you want to. Okay. All right, we can. So we're going to hang up now. Give me a few minutes, and I'll call you back. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye.